Welcome to the Martial Mind Power Podcast, where you discover how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization, inspired by martial arts and philosophy. In the middle, what happens now? In a nutshell, what happens with most people, not everyone, right? But with most people, and in particular, with the way our socio-political-technical uh, economic environment is programming us, is to be consumers. Are you dashing towards, you know, the end, end, right? You can't wait for it to finish. Uh, or is this dash an enjoyable journey where you're savoring every moment by being present in it and as a consequence you're realizing that you don't need the best of everything but you can make the best out of everything that you've got you are enough okay that you have all the resources you need right now to, to gain the life lesson to evolve and towards your self-realization right now Welcome to another episode of Martial Mind Power. I'm Jatinder Palha, and alongside me, we have Sifu Lakloy. And Sifu Lakloy, how are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. Very well. And how are you? Fantastic, well, man. Fantastic. I'm a bit geeked out because I bought myself a new gadget, which allows me to, to do things like this. So, how's my voice coming across? Yeah, <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty Darth Vader. <laughs> oh. What about this one? How's that one sound? Uh, now you sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, so just testing that stuff out. And um, yeah, good. Other than that, good, good. <laughs> so for, for the listeners, uh, you know, you're not on a chipmunk show or a Star Wars episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's going to happen is any future ones that potentially start getting... Um, having some special effects in it as we're speaking. So, you know, something like. <laughs> so that didn't come through. I just realized I just pressed the button and the sound didn't come through. Now. <laughs> All right. You need to set up your little toy, whatever it is that you've got there with your voice, your voice special effects system. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. <So, laughs> again, today we'll be going through um a wisdom bomb from the book the art of thinking without thinking and as always um we've got to do the other way around because that way we don't do you want to shout out stop stop okay Ooh, here we go life is a zero-sum game five seven two five seven two okay Okay, life is a zero-sum game. Ah, interesting, good. Um, so for our listeners and our viewers, I will hold up uh, the, the book, okay, with that page, okay? So life is a zero-sum game. It's a picture of a pound coin, okay, that's sitting on a whole uh, table full of pound coins, okay? So that is it. Okay, um, so life is a zero-sum game. Mr. JT Jedi, what, <laughs> what came to you? What did you feel when you heard that? I've, I've gone into a deep realm after hearing that one. Yeah. Gone into a deep, deep, deep realm, which might be too deep for some people, and some people might be like, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess it's that po point where we have to just dive in, isn't it? Exactly, man, exactly. So life is a zero-sum game. Okay, so this this uh, can be related back to many spiritual um, beliefs. Um, one that you can look into, which is um, something called the Kabillion Hermetics, right? And um, in there's an interesting passage which talks about all is in the all, uh, all is all, and all is in the all. And what they're trying to explain in that is this thing which we're in, 
it's you can't add to it, you can't take away from it, right? Which basically means that's something we can't even comprehend in our minds, right? Which there's nothing new that needs to be made. There's nothing old. You can't minus from it. You can't, you know, plus from it. Which means there's some sort of balance in everything that's going on. So, you know, the things that talk about um, how energy is never wasted is just transformed. It just form. Its form just changes. Uh, like for example, you boil water. And first there's water and then it becomes cloud-based and evaporates. Uh, but have we added or did taken away from the universe in any way? We haven't. It's just, you know, that. So for me, when you said life is a zero-sum game, it's almost that to some degree because we're doing stuff, we're gaining stuff, but in the kind of grand cosmic scheme of things, are we really, you know? Um, which is deep, but I think... Some people will like that. Some people may not. I don't know. But let's see where it goes. <laughs> no, no, it's fantastic. I mean, that's what you're talking about there is Newton's uh, law of conservation of energy, where energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can just change from one one form to another, right? Yep, that's it. Right, so the example of water transforming uh, into uh, a gas when it's boiled uh, to 100 degrees Celsius, uh, it's now changing form, uh, and then you take that 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 steam, the gas, uh, and then condense that down. Uh, it will uh, liquefy again. You drop the temperature to zero. It freezes up, becomes solid, right? And and you know the process kind of repeats itself. So, um, absolutely, absolutely. So where's is, where's is, so the zero in your mind in your mind's eye or in your in your mm. in your unconscious is uh, is that everything just is as it is. Yeah, right? it's um in my mind it's a it's like a, a center point. It's almost like a state of balance. So if you take like oscillations, for example, in life we oscillate, we go up, we go down, we go up and down, like you know, the sine and cosine waves, whatever they're called. Right, <laughs> and there's a line in the middle which is like you know zero point it's like perfect balance and the closer we are to balance the less there's kind of ups and downs i suppose so yeah so zero point or zero sum game is that it's a state of perfect balance um yeah <laughs> you know what it's actually uh very apt that you that's what came to you initially um mm. because this whole this whole current is is based on this whole idea that um, when you're born, you're you're born naked. Mm. Bring nothing with you. It's just that that you are at that yep. moment in time. When you die, you might be you know your body might be clothed in nice clothes, or whatever. But when you hit that cremator or you get buried or however it's done, you're going to disintegrate and it's going to go back to nothing. Okay? And nothing goes with you. And nothing goes with you. Mm. You can't take any of those clothes. You can't take a watch, uh, a bracelet, a chain or what, you know, your house, your car, none of that. You're born naked. You essentially leave naked. Okay. Mm. So what we've got in the meantime is this gap in the middle that we call life with a dash (laughs) with a dash. Yeah. With a dash of gin and tonic. (laughs) But you've got this gap in the middle, right? Ah, but I'm teetotal, but both of us are teetotal. So, you know, Uh, but we've got this gap in the middle, right. That we call life. And really it's all about what do you do with that? Mm. Okay. Because if it's zero at the beginning and zero at the end, in the middle, what happens now? In a nutshell, what happens with most people, not everyone, right? But with most people, and in particular, with the way our socio-political, technical, uh, economic environment is programming us, is to be consumers, okay? We call that consumerism, um, <clears throat> the whole idea of capitalism. <clears throat> capitalism isn't good or bad. 
it just is a methodology to uh, by which you can adhere to uh, and it's based on simple fundamentals of if there's a demand for something then you go and supply it simple right that's the fundamentals of capitalism okay all right <clears throat> but what happens as you're getting bombarded with information to go out there and buy go out there to get as much as you can <clears throat> You're now in this false economy of accumulation, okay, of sense gratification. I need to feel happy by doing this, by getting this, by experiencing this, by whatever it might be, right? So this false economy of sense gratification, of accumulation, okay, <clears throat> only then to reach the end point and you can't take any, any of it with you. Mm. So that whole gap in the middle that we call life what you do with that and how you see that is what this current all about okay mm. that window in the middle from the start to the end is what this is all about <clears throat> yeah so, it's like um so they made that reference to the dash was that you know when you have like a gravestone and you know it's got born certain day and then it's called death on the same day. And then in the middle is just a dash in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, the listeners or the viewers was wondering what Je Mr. Jedi <laughs> thought about there. <laughs> oh, very, I see you're on a very deep one today. I know, dude. I know. It's like this opening. But the funny thing is, you know, in the title of this comment, it says zero... Um, sum the zero sum has got a dash in it as well <laughs> it has it has and i you know if you see yeah yeah right and and again <clears throat> when i wrote this i don't know why i put the dash there but i felt that i had to put a dash there because it was that coinage of words zero sum mm. it's not separate it's one word. Yeah. I had to make a distinction that there's is comprised of two elements, zero and some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> now some may say the some part of the zero sum is and then some. <laughs> <laughs> some yeah. might say, well, the sum part of zero sum is some as in addition. Yeah. Or as an accumulation, right? <clears throat> and that's really kind of depends on where you are with this yeah you know? exactly and the sum doesn't necessarily have to mean that it adds up sometimes it's about subtraction taking mm -hmm. away the unessential right <clears throat> and i think the key thing here is what this current is talking about is okay get some perspective over the dash <laughs> yeah <laughs> get some perspective over your dash Right? Are you dashing to accumulate? <clears throat> see how I did that? It's clever. <laughs> Are you dashing to accumulate, or is this? Uh, or you dashing towards you know the end? End right? You can't wait for it to finish. Uh, or is this dash an enjoyable journey where you're savoring every moment by being present in it, and as a consequence? you're realizing that you don't need the best of everything, but you can make the best out of everything that you've got in any moment in time, in this given moment in time. Yeah. Because that's really important, right? <clears throat> because it's so easy to think that, oh, you know, you could do better, right? Or you could have something better, or you can upgrade whatever you've got to a newer model, or whatever it might be. Now, that could be a material object, that could be a partner, you know, it's a mindset. It's a mindset, isn't it? Yep. You know, always upgrading. But what about preserving, right? What about recycling? What about building, creating, right, from, from what you have got already? Uh, what about reusing, yeah. Uh, what about, um, you know, when I grew up, um, we, I was the eldest. So um, my brother would get hand-me-downs, right? Whether he liked it or not, he would get hand-me-downs. 
I trust me, he didn't like it, right? <clears throat> um, and he would get the hand-me-downs, and you know, he got to a point where he wanted his own new stuff. Why mm-hmm. does he keep getting second-hand stuff? Um, and I think really what he was saying was, I wanted, I don't want my brother's clothes. I want my own. This was when we were very little, right? Um, <clears throat> and I want my own expression around how I want to dress or whatever it was that he got handed down. Um, and that happened quite a lot um, in my earlier years. Um, then, you know, kind of, uh, we kind of grew out that, well, you know, when we kind of paved our own way to make uh, our own uh, pocket money, essentially, right? So you can buy what you want when you want, right? Yeah. But uh, that really was a call for kind of expressing your own unique character, your own expression of your unique self. Um and is that's lost that whole hand me down thing because mm. it's so easy to go out and just buy some something new for you know a, a cheap cost. I mean the the whole idea of throwaway uh, clothes and throwaway furniture is commonplace in the in the West with the likes of Primark when it comes to clothing, with the likes of uh, H&M, with the likes of um, Ikea, throwaway furniture, for instance, right? That nothing lasts. You know, the clothes, you know, they might resemble the latest fashion or the latest trends, uh, but there's no longevity in it because there's no quality in it. Mm. So there's that aspect of it as well, right? But um, what, what, we're talking about here is some strategies that you can use to kind of say, all right, so in the dash, it's not all about accumulation and upgrading all the time. You can use what you've got, or you could, you know, spend, invest your money in long lasting uh, equipment, right? Whether that's clothing equipment, uh, whether that's um, furniture equipment or whatever type of equipment and whatever nature that equipment presents his usefulness in uh, so that it lasts a long period of time uh, <clears throat> so that you don't have to keep swapping it out. Therefore, you're not putting um, strain on uh, Mother Earth for more renewed resources that will replenish your quest for your change of trends, okay? Uh, won't uh, So that you don't... You don't put a strain on mother earth's resources because you've had a whimsical change of heart, right? Mm. Because now this is the trend or this is the fashion or whichever way it's going. Uh, <clears throat> and it's this current is really about getting some perspective on that. You know, are you doing that? If you are doing that, be mindful about the, the cost you're having on, on mother earth, on other sentient beings. Um, is it sustainable? Um, um, more importantly, what kind of effect, intrinsic effect is it happening, having on your, your body, your mind, your emotions, your spirit? Uh, are you always constantly lusting after new things? Are you not happy with your old stuff? Are you disappointed with, with what you've got? Um, and uh, all of a sudden, all of these emotions is one whole big cesspool of, of wants and desires. Okay. Now, what happens with wants and desires is really simple. And Buddha nailed it when he said the root cause of all suffering is attachment. Because what happens is you get attached to these desires. Okay. Mm. And uh, you want more of whatever it is that you want more of. Uh, And you suffer because you can't have it. You suffer, you don't have enough to have what you want. And and it's a continuous, you know, uh, vicious loop a vicious cycle uh, and the hardest thing to do is to get rid of that desire <clears throat> and uh, alan watts famously famously said it is one of the is um the quotes that you know um that resonated quite well is um <clears throat> uh, the the desire for desirelessness is a foolish desire <laughs> because you're kind of desiring to be desirelessness, but it's a desire in itself, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. So the idea is actually to just to let go of it, let go of attachment completely. And the, the way I can see it is 
all your wants, right? And most of these are wants. Needs uh, are necessities, a different thing, right? Um, and again, uh, you've got to have perspective on a need for what. Um, um, in as a as a project manager, you know, we've got this thing called Moscow. Must have, should have, could have, would have, yeah. Mm-hmm. And out, out of those four, right? You know, um, a need is a must have, but that must must be necessary. Okay, the others are kind of like, oh, you know, uh, are not really that important. What are you going you know, to normally refer to as nice to haves? Mm. <laughs> so where is it? Where where do those things sit in the overall scheme of things? Mm. It's it's a fascinating one, Alex, because um, this this current opens up like a whole bunch of questions about life. It's like you know things like what is it? Why are we here? Who am I? What is this all about, <laughs> right? What happens before we came here? Where does where do we go afterwards? It's like it's crazy and like how deep this particular con can go. Um, and where because you know it is with these things they're designed to just whatever goes on within yourself when you read these, right? And um, so it's it's like a it's it's like an endless thing that we can talk about, which is fantastic. I just I was just going deep in my mind thinking how how deep can we go with this one today? <laughs> Keep going then. Keep going. The whole idea of this podcast is exactly this. You know, we've got uh, these koans. These koans, the koans are written in in a way in which they allow if you're in the right space especially if in the right meditative space when you're reading the koan is to listen carefully to that intrinsic experience that happens within you to give you that inner insight into, into the, into the teaching um, that that koan is trying to help you connect with for yourself. <clears throat> and because it's for yourself, the teaching is individual. No two people have got the same perspective. Okay. You might think you do, but actually everyone's where they are. And everyone's where they need to be in any given moment in time as well. Uh, <clears throat> but as a consequence, um, the the depth that you go through go to will be relevant to you. Um, so these podcasts are here for us to talk about different aspects of things, and we might not cover all of the aspects. By far, we won't cover all the aspects. It's probably safer to say that. But what we do do is start to stir up some of the topics around the koan so that it can help people start to dig deeper in themselves so that they can bring up the things that are relevant in this, in this specific case so you can get value uh, and positive transformation and guidance in your life so that to lead you towards your own self-mastery and self-realization. <clears throat> because ultimately... All self-mastery is about knowing oneself. And self-realization is the ultimate realization of the self, which is knowing yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, but knowing yourself through body, mind, emotion, spirit, okay? So what we're doing here is, you know, stirring up a whole bunch of different topics, thought processes, and so on. And one of these hopefully will resonate with you as a listener or viewer uh, and, you know, allow you to give, allow yourself to get some deeper insights into your own journey and where you are. So you can stand better in yourself, you know? Exactly. I mean, because, because um, all we're trying to do in a way is, is, um, you know, Bruce was his style that he created or martial art was called the way of the intercepting fist. Right. And one of the philosophies around that was breaking patterns. And what we don't realize is that in life, like we're born on this planet, we're coming to this life and we're kind of in a system. We get caught up in a system based on, you know, your parents, your culture, your religions, your society, your friends. And so you get caught up into these systems. Yeah. And sometimes what can happen is that we think there's nothing else apart from what we just do on a kind of a daily basis, but that's when you have to do a pattern interrupt and or intercept, like 
you know, <laughs> with the fist in a way to say, hang on a minute, <clears throat> is this really the case? Why are you thinking the way you are? Where did that come from, right? What makes you think there's no other ways of doing things? How come one person can do something and another person can't and they've come from similar backgrounds, right? Yeah. So what's going on in that kind of scenario and situation? If you don't ask the questions, you're never going to know, mm-hmm. right? And that's the beauty of, of, of life and this kind of tuning into when we talk about, you know, mind mastery or self-awareness and stuff is that you got to question your own brain. you got to question your own thinking. Like, where are you conditioned? There's always, I always say like, how do you know you're conditioned when you don't know you're conditioned, right? right. And the only way that happens is external forces. Like we go back to New- Newton, there's, a, there's one of his laws is that an object will stay in motion until acted upon by an external force, right? Yeah. And the external force is needed because sometimes the external force taps you on your hand and says, is this really the case? Are you, are, are you really thinking like this? Have you looked at this? So the external world is a stimulus that can also trigger you to rethink the way you think, right? And um, and that's what's fascinating about this this kind of um, Cohen's and stuff because it's like let's ask those questions, let's have those conversations. Why do you think there has to be one path? There's not one path. There's many paths. Yeah. Right? And and that's why we have so many different cultures and belief systems because somebody's along the way figured out something that worked and they shared it with the world, but this world is so big, this universe is so big, how can there just be one way of doing something, mm. right? And that's what we're trying to just wake up to and say, okay, how do we think different? How do we intercept our own thinking and do something with broken pattern and pattern and rhythm and no rhythm? Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, coming, coming back to the, um, the um, example of, um, how do you how do you know what you don't know? <clears throat> well, uh, and and you know you get this something that awakens uh, that uh, that part of you. Well, you know, there's Prochaska and Di Clemente have this. Um, they created this uh, process of change, okay, model. And originally, this process of change model was created to. Uh, really for uh, smoking cessation, uh, drinking cessation. Um, and then later on, there was a big realization that actually um, this model can be used for any transformational change. Okay. Um, and the idea behind it is that when you don't know what you don't know, okay, you're in a, you're in a stage of what's called pre-contemplation. You know, you, you don't know that there's an issue there or you don't know there's something that you need to resolve or you don't know there's something you could do better. You don't know there's <clears throat> uh, uh, a different possibility. You, you're just completely blind to it. You're not ignorant because you're not meaning to do it. You just don't know. And that's okay. And, you know, the we live in a very colorful world because you've got people in de- very different s- stages of consciousness. Okay. <clears throat> and, um, um, then what sometimes what happens is um, some you will experience something and that thing that you experience will create an awareness around that insight, that particular teaching, that particular life lesson that you need to uh, become aware of. And that's called, that starts the process of what's called contemplation. Okay. So it, helps you motivate and increase your confidence in your ability to start the change, right? Uh, And then once you become aware of that, if you decide to actually take positive action, because at that point you you kind of know, right? There's something that you could do better. There's something you can improve, something something more possible, but more possibilities exist out there. Then if you leave it where where it is, then nothing's going to change. Right, you do the same thing, you get the same result. You do something different, you get a different outcome. Right, so are you going to do something different to get the outcome that you desire? Okay, <clears throat> or the change that you want to make? Um, so then you've got to go to the state next stage is what's called preparation. You start to prepare, right? So you might go out and start googling stuff, or you might go out and buy a book on 
whatever it is that you're trying to learn about to improve in your life, to better in your life, to impact your life in a positive way. Uh, and then you start to go through this process of negotiating with yourself, right? No one else. This is just your decision, right? And planning, not with anybody else, but with yourself, right? And for those people that, you know, start to put dependencies on other people or start to blame other people, all you're doing is you're saying, I'm not responsible for my life. I'm going to offload it and blame everyone else for it. And I'm going to claim <clears throat> um, uh, irresponsibility around this. But actually, your life is still shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right so what's the point right so this is where preparation is key whereas part of the preparation is like part of you is negotiating with yourself to say do you know what i need to fucking change something here i need to take some positive transformation action to move towards the space that i want to be in what does my life need to look like right here okay and then you take the action that will lead you to move to action or call to action as they say uh and that when you start doing that and you start seeing some results, it starts to reaffirm your commitment in that space and allows you to continue to follow up. Um, and there's this whole cycle of belief, how when you start getting results, it starts to reinforce your belief. Therefore, you put more energy into it, you get more results and so on, right? Uh, so it's important that you that action starts to get the results, but you need perseverance, too many people fall out because they don't have, as Dr. Napoleon Hill said, stickability. Stickability is, you know, not everyone's back. But the problem is if you don't develop the art of having stickability, you're always going to give up on stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what? There's too many spineless people out there that actually don't stick to what they mean to do hopefully they mean to do good uh, and ethical things um, ecological things um, and follow through um, but too many people can too many people don't follow through okay and i don't know the root causes of that but i do know through life experience and i've i've lived lived almost half a century to know that i've experienced and been exposed to enough people to know that not all people do what they say okay <clears throat> so if you are going to do something then just do it but you don't need to tell anyone uh, there's a beautiful saying that says, you know, tell the world, I think it was Henry Ford, tell the world what you intend to do, but show them first. Okay. Mm -hmm. So action, okay. Action. Then the action, eventually when you keep doing that thing and you got that stickability and perseverance, okay. Perseverance being one of the biggest pillars of martial artistry. Okay. Uh, will then take into maintenance. So maintenance is just keep doing what you're doing and it gets better and it gets better until all of a sudden, right. One of two things can happen. Okay. Number one, you have a relapse, whatever you were doing now long, you're no longer doing it. Okay. And you have a relapse and people think, ah, oh, failed, fuck it. You know, fallen off the bandwagon. Now, you know, I'm jacking. I can't do this. Right. Uh, and this comes back to the spinelessness, right? You, you've got to develop that perseverance, okay? You've got to develop that backbone that says, I, I want to keep going with this, okay? Um, so if you relapse, what you need to reframe that as is not failure, it's just a lesson, and it gives you an opportunity to test your perseverance and stickability, and then get back on it, right? And carry on doing it. If you need a little break, take a little break, but just make sure it's, you know, it's short so you can get back on track quickly, okay? Um, and then if you do relapse, you might have to go through the contemplation, preparation, action process all over again, okay? Mm. But from that maintenance, if you don't go relapse and you've got it to the point where it's now become a new habit, okay? because ultimately stages change is about creating new positive habits, then eventually it will drop off into what's called termination. That means now you've got a new habit and that habit is now serving you in a better, more resourceful way. Okay. And this whole um, stage of uh, seven stages of change model by Prochaska and Di Clemente is in um, uh, my first book, Master Your Life. Okay the art of martial mind power. And you could see that on page 168. So it's right here for those of you that want to get yourself a copy on Amazon. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can go and have a look at that. And that kind of hopefully will help you understand 
the, the process that every human being goes through. But like Prochaska and Diclemente, they realized that, you know, this wasn't only to do with smoking and drinking cessation, but anything. So I first came across this model uh, when I was doing my personal trainer uh, certification award and to create new healthy habits for people, right? To take them from sedentary lifestyles to active lifestyles. Okay, so I didn't even hear about this in that context. I heard about it in the context of physical cultivation. Okay, so um, this is something, a model uh, uh, that can be used in any aspect of your life. Now, coming back to this life is a zero-sum game. I know you got to say Actually, before there. you get a hold that thought, it's just that when you when you were sharing about stickability, there's a there's a parable that comes to mind that my dad shares with me, right? And it's a funny one because I think it'll, it'll, it just it, it's this story about sour grapes, yeah, uh, or katte angur as they say in Punjabi, right? And he talks about how this um, fox or a lumbari lumber, I think they call it in Punjabi, right? Um, is trying to get these grapes. And it's jumping up, it's trying to get them, it's trying to get them, and it just can't at some stage, right? It just gives up, looks at it, and somebody asks, what's going on? Why are you stopping? And he goes, oh, the sour grapes. Like, you know, the the moral of the story is that it's given up. It didn't try to go any further. So the excuse that they come up with is the sour grapes, the the katte, they're not taste-worthy. That's why I stopped going after them. (laughs) But it's because they couldn't do it. (laughs) And again, and again, you know, excuses is giving up your power, you know, is giving up your power to do something because, you know, if you carried on uh, or I found a way to get those grapes, then, you know, you'd be able to enjoy the grape, you know, the fox would be able to enjoy the grape, but um, because he gave up, he found an excuse and gave up his power to get the grapes. Exactly. And it was, it was often used as a little, you know, testing phase when one was doing something they were like Kate and good <laughs> you're like no i'm not giving up <laughs> you know what i didn't even know there was a saying in Punjabi that uh, spoke to that but um, you might have made it up i don't know but it was a good example <laughs> you know Kate and good is a is a, is is one we can use going forwards and uh, our avid listeners will know what Kate and good mean now right yeah don't be a don't be a cut down good, isn't it? <laughs> sour grape. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, a sour grape. Uh, another connotation for sour grape is someone that's um, someone that's always kind of miserable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's also that connotation of it that you know not only might might you be given up right on yourself because that's the only thing you're given up on, yeah, but you're going to be miserable as a consequence of mm. giving up on yourself exactly. because the only person you're cheating is who? Yourself. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, it's, you know, we're talking about this koan and we're talking about the dash. Right. Um, and one of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about very quickly was um, um, what you do in that dash and uh, the effects it has, because what you do in the dash has a consequence what you don't do in the dash has a consequence. Mm. And knowing that impact that you can have and also knowing the impact that you cannot have or do not have is important uh, because that's also part of, well, part of the equation of whether you stay zero sum, right, or you're, crediting or debiting from that yeah and we spoke about that as, as in karma previously okay so we've got a, a separate koan <clears throat> which we go into in the quality depth on that but i thought i referenced that so that so that the listeners understand uh, and the viewers understand that within the dash it's important to realize your the karmic effect that you're also having and i the idea is if you're coming in zero you want to go out zero but from a karma standpoint you might come into a lifetime with a positive or negative karma okay and the idea is within the dash is to neutralize it right if you have come come in with karma and for the most part for the most part i would be uh, brave enough to say that most people that are here in this physical plane are coming to resolve karma. Mm. Okay? Otherwise you wouldn't. 
And those people that don't have any karma are here to help bring people back home, right? <clears throat> to show them the way, show them the light, to do what's called, you know, uh, divine spiritual work, okay? To lead people back onto their dharmic path so that they can neutralize their karma, okay? Make sense? <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and move forward. I mean, we're, we're not saying things like, you, you shouldn't, you know, get rid of all your desires, don't do anything in life and just live a simple life. Where if you choose to do that, that's up to you, but we're not saying anything like that. What we're trying to talk about is that what you do on this planet is in a way cause and effect because you can do things that can have influence in a good or a bad way. Um, and what, you know, you're not, um, a lot of people think that they're, they're um, on the other end, that they haven't actually you know, participate in causing their problems. But most of the time, if you think of it, it, there is something going on internally that's been attracting that. And so it's the idea is to tune into that so that you can actually live a fulfilled life. So, uh, you know, one of balance, uh, one of not necessarily chasing things, but understanding why you're doing what you're doing more than anything else, right? And, and as Bruce Lee would say, honestly expressing yourself and not lying to yourself. You know, and that's probably one of the biggest things is like if you can live through life, honestly expressing yourself, then that kind of naturally means you're going to have a kind of positive impact on, on things around you uh, because people know where they stand with you. You know why you're doing what you're doing and you're most likely going to be helping and serving other people as well. Right. Because exactly. you understand like the, it's like a collective, it's like progression of humanity. And the only way it's going to do that if we work together and collaboratively. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing is when, when people are uh, fully plugged into themselves, are really truly connected to their sin tr true authenticity and sincerity, and sincerity, what happens is you tend to be really centered, calm and collected, okay, and composed and calibrated as you move through life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Therefore, expressing yourself is now no, no longer a fight to prove who you are because you've got nothing to prove. You know who you are. Proving is always about self-realization, right? It's a, a, an early stage of self-realization. When you get to the point where you don't need to prove yourself, it's because you already know who you are. You don't need anyone else to know that, okay? It's not a matter uh, that needs to be, exp you know, uh, advertised out into the world. I just had some goosebumps. That, that's the, what you just said in the way you said it has uh, given me a different insight on a, on like a song that I listened to quite a bit where in the song they're talking about, it's a little kid, right? Two wicked, amazing singer. Or it's a female sing, lady singer. It was brilliant. Little kid. Yeah. She, amazing. And um, there's a line in there where she says, who are you? Why are you, right? And if you look at it from that context, you can be asking those questions. But if you look at it from a self-awareness of question, you, you're asking yourself, who am I and why am I? And that's just exactly what we just said in the sense of self-realization, honestly expressing yourself and truly living what you're all about. So I like the way that's kind of connected in my head there as to what those questions are actually alluding to. <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. I wanna, I wanna blow your mind in a minute, <clears throat> and I, I wanna drop a massive wisdom bomb. Okay, so get yeah, ready so for thanks this. Thanks for sharing that, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> now you're welcome, man. You're welcome. Um, so when it comes to you know, we started off with life is zero sum game, right? So what happens in the, in the dash in the in the in between the moment you're born and the moment you die, right, is what counts. Okay, and um that the general consensus in the Western world is about accumulation and so on. And therefore, you know, we talked about this idea of letting go. Okay. <clears throat> right. Letting go of all attachments. Attachment has been the root cause of all uh, suffering. Okay. This doesn't mean that you have to become what's called a sannyasi, right? A sannyasi means um, uh, a spiritual person that, renounces all material beings and becomes a monk okay and then just goes off and lives in a jungle or a cave up in the himalayas yeah <clears throat> you could do that if that's your calling it's got to be a calling right it's not something you just say hey you know what 
Fuck this shit. I'm gonna go. And it's definitely nothing. It's something you shouldn't do just because of sour grapes. <clears throat> yeah. You couldn't pack a life, or you did something. Else, you say, oh, I'm just gonna go away. <laughs> it's 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 a calling, and it's your your feel it here. Okay, if, mm-hmm. if you do ever have uh, a pull towards it, a pull towards it. I think that's the best. I was trying to not use the word calling again. Use <laughs> um, <laughs> a Punjabi right? word, so, kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you said that kitchen. Pull towards right? it. Right? So, you know, if you've got that calling, then, you know, that's a different matter. But, so, you know, becoming a sannyasi, what we're saying is you don't need to do that. You don't need to renounce all your material belongings and, and your family and friends and so on and just say, you know what, to hell with this. I'm going to go and live a sannyasi's life okay <clears throat> and go find a guru up in the himalayan mountains and, and follow that path you could do if it's a calling and i would you know you should listen to that if that's what you need to do uh, but the flip side of it is okay right <clears throat> uh the other side of the extreme continuum is you know you're 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 greedy okay and all you want to do is accumulate and so on right uh, and it's all about wealth and uh, riches and all the rest, okay? <clears throat> but there's this idea, right? It's not even an idea. It's an actual, it's an actual state of being, okay, that you can get to, right? <clears throat> and this state of being is called a Raja Rishi, a Raja Rishi, right? Rishi being someone like a guru, um, someone that's uh, a spiritual master, okay, and a raja being a king, okay, so it means king, spiritual master, okay. Now, <clears throat> you may know someone, right, in your life that is, you know, the nicest person you've ever met, right, and they've got an abundance of wealth, right, but they're not attached to it. And everything is just coming to them as and when they need it. But they've got way more than enough. Uh, and they just, they're just living the life. And there's no strain. There's no pressure or anything like that. Okay. Now, imagine that where you've got spiritual mastery as well. Okay. So this is the opposite to the sannyasi is the Raja Rishi, where um, the Raja Rishi is one which... Uh, is a spiritual master that also honors and can enjoy Mother Earth's gifts, abundant gifts that she has offered to us in this physical lifetime, because that's part of the attraction of being in this physical realm. So they can enjoy that as well, but they're not attached to it. But it comes anyway, because they were meant to be surrounded by opulence, Right. And they just happen to kind of glide through life, right? But also have that uh, spiritual uh, mastery and help others with it. Now, one of our gurus, our, um, <clears throat> our guru, Deg Bahadurji, he was always adorned in gold and jewelry and flowers and so on, right? And he always rode a horse and his horse was always decorated in beautiful um, garments and jewelry and so on. He was a Raja Rishi, okay? <clears throat> he wasn't bound by wealth and jewellery and um, uh, precious metals or anything like that. It was just something that he had an abundance to enjoy in this lifetime, right? Uh, whilst he lived his life to guide millions of people, right? So this whole idea of a Raja Rishi is, is taking... Uh, this idea of zero sum, right? Enjoying all the abundance that Mother Earth has to offer to you, but without striving, without any tension, without the ill effect of going out there and getting it with ill intent, such as greed, right? Such as gluttony, mm. right? So it takes all of that away, okay? Now that is a really high state of consciousness to get to that. Now, what at the same time, different, different gurus, different rishis carry themselves through life in a different way, right? 
And I'll give you an example of Buddha, right? <clears throat> uh, um, Gautama Siddhartha, Siddhartha Gautama, right? Um, he was uh, born in an oligarch family, yeah? Right? Oligarch meaning he wasn't just rich, right? He, he owned nations, essentially, right? Uh, although he's based in India, um, they had so much money <clears throat> that... Um, you know, he there was nothing that he wanted for, okay? But it was a spiritual calling that called him to become a sannyasi. So there you actually have somebody that went the opposite way, that actually renounced all material belongings, right? Coming from an oligarch family, right? And actually went off into the jungle with simple clothes on his back, okay? By his choice, okay? And continue to live the rest of his life that way, Okay, so really what happens in the dash really depends on your dharmic path. What is your path? Now, your path might be, you know, you're born into money and then you decide to, to walk away from it. Your path might be you're born, with, born into a poor family and then you want to make your life more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> It's, it's all about making your life comfortable, right? Or you might be born in into a poor family, and you want, and you want to, you want to change the world, right? Like the Steve Jobs of this, mm. uh, you know, of the world, you know, for instance. <clears throat> the thing is, it's all individual. There is no one set formula for everyone, because everyone's dharmic path is different. Mm. So the the one teaching I like to share with my students is stay in your lane right and in order to stay in your lane you need to understand and be aware what your lane is and if you're not aware of your lane that's your first job is to find it okay absolutely absolutely so raja rishi man i'm telling you right not all rishis are out there with just a loincloth or just walking around as a naga nath naked right <clears throat> there are rishis out there that are living in palaces, but they don't care. They're not attached to any of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very powerful what you were sharing about like the individual, because I mean, the, you must've heard like loads of people talk about this thing about the imposter syndrome where people feel they're not good enough for whatever even reason. And it, it, that tends to happen when there's a comparison going on between yourself and people you probably look up to or the industry you're in or the kind of work you're doing. And that can create all sorts of self-doubt, you know, lack of confidence and all these kind of things. If you think I'm not good enough because this person seems to be here, I'm over here, and you're making this comparison, right? That's not a good space to be in, right? The comparison doesn't make you unique. Yeah. If anything, the other person is just doing what they're good at. They're just tuning into that and just having out their own unique expression, honestly expressing themselves, right? So why not do that with yourself? Why not, as an individual, look at your own core skills and what you can bring and how can you make something original and go with the flow around that? Because we were talking off, off uh, the podcast earlier on about how the world is becoming very kind of micro-niched, individualized, based off your own skills and service, skills and kind of knowledge. And you can so make a living with what you know and do Right. And that way you can be a very unique expression of yourself. And that's what we're here to do is just be our own unique expression and not compare ourselves to other people. Um, so in your life, in your dash, get rid of your comparisons. Just don't do it. Just don't compare. You are what you are. Go and do your best. That's the that's the key. There's um there's a syndrome for that, you know that. Compare the market.com syndrome. <laughs> 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 remember that next time <laughs> so yeah yeah honestly that you know what that's a really important point right is is um social media hasn't helped to be honest uh, you know social media is great in if you use it wisely um but you can't be again consumed by you know the tool yeah um, uh, so, uh, you know, stay above it, stay above it and make it work for you rather than you work for it, you know, otherwise, you know, you're going to, you'll be uh, part of one of the uh, algorithmic statistics. Exactly. 
if that's what you want to be, right? <clears throat> but it's understanding that, you know, when you're following your own, own path, when you're in your own lane, then you have an absolute certainty about who you are and what you, where you're going and what you need to do. Um, and that's, and all you can do from there on is just do your best because that's all there is left, you know, is do your best. Um, and as long as you know that you're doing your best, that's, that should be good enough for you. Okay. Because, you know, Brené Brown, uh, you know, there's, if listeners, right. feel like, you know, they're not good enough, right. Listen to Brené Brown. Okay. B-R-E-N-E and Brown. Listen to her talk on, uh, on being enough because it's important that you understand that. Okay. That you are enough. Okay. That you have all the resources you need right now to, to gain the life lesson to evolve and towards your self-realization right now. You might not, you might not be aware of it. And we talked about the whole awareness thing already. And hopefully this is stirring up some of that so that you can go from pre-contemplation to contemplation. Okay. So if you're feeling, hold on a minute, you've just said something there that resonates with me, or I can see that, or I can feel that, you know, uh, or I've got a taste for what you're saying, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, even if you can kind of start to sniff it out, start to move towards preparation and action. Okay. On that, because you'll be pleasantly surprised, um, how when you start to gain that insight into yourself, that regardless of external forces, you'll be better for it yourself, okay? You're better for yourself. And if external forces get worse, you're going to carry yourself better than you would do if you hadn't evolved. Exactly. You know? Wow. Yeah. Great wisdom bombs today. <laughs> I, I know you know when i when i heard about raja rishi for instance I, I was absolutely mind blown that and my one of the biggest one of the biggest questions that i've always had is why can't you be a spiritual master and live a life of abundance why do you have to renounce everything one mm. of going through that process myself that renunciation that renunciation is about letting go. So earlier when we talked about, you know, letting go of the root cause of all suffering, i.e. attachment. Um, for those of you, um, I'm just going to circle back to that for a second. For those of you uh, listeners and viewers that are not sure how to do that, there's uh, a, a beautiful exercise <clears throat> that people do when, when they lose somebody. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the idea is to get a helium balloon and write that person's name on it, maybe put a picture on it, whatever. And then, you know, um, send love, light, and all your uh, thought and intentions and release a balloon and let it just float away. Now, attachment to any desires is just the same, right? <clears throat> it's just letting it go. So wherever it is, just release it and let it just float away. Because floating is effortless, right? And that's the space you need to be in, right? When you're letting go of things, because even if you've got it right in here and right now, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and um, I want to share an insight, which I haven't shared with anybody publicly as well, right? This is the first time I'm going to share this. Um, but when I was going through my spiritual uh, quest and insight and journey, um, at the time, I owned a Ferrari and I had this Ferrari for many years. <clears throat> and um, one of the questions that I had in myself was how can I be spiritually free if I'm holding on to this Ferrari, you know, because that's, isn't that the, the biggest sign of uh, um, materialistic attachment? Okay. For me as a kid, it was a, it was, it was a wonder. I love fast cars and motorbikes and so on. And I still do. Right. <clears throat> um, but it was a wonder. But I got to the point where I had this, my dream car. And um, for me, it was, I felt like this was a reflection of my attachment 
to materiality. Um, and I went through my spiritual quest and insights and, uh, um, and, and, and spiritual freedom, okay? Uh, and as I came out of that other side, um, there was, a, there was a, a time I was sitting down meditating, and as I was meditating, I sat down and, and I asked a question, you know, about this attachment. And uh, my insight to that was very clear, and that was, you let go of it a long time ago. I tried to sell that car for two years and it didn't sell. Okay. <clears throat> because it was okay. At that time, it was okay to enjoy it and have it. Okay. So uh, that was my personal experience. Okay. Uh, that was also my divine insights into that whole journey with that. Uh, and eventually it did sell. Uh, which is fine. Um, but I'd realized at that point, actually, I didn't give a shit about any material objects anymore. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy them. Okay. So uh, I wanted to share that because <clears throat> um, it's okay for uh, somebody that hasn't got it to talk about things like that as uh, a theoretical um, or a hypothetical. But in my case, it's realistic. I've actually gone through that. <clears throat> and those five years also of ownership of that of that Ferrari for me was a bit of a trial and tribulation and therefore at the end a liberation okay so I hope that makes sense right uh, for listeners and viewers because coming out of that at the other side a bit like the Raja Rishi is oh you're allowed to enjoy the uh, physical and material gifts that are bestowed on us by Mother Earth, but do it ethically, right? Mm. You know, do it morally. You know that's really the the real takeaway. And uh, and if it's getting in the way of your spiritual progression, then contemplate. Go into the contemplation stage and think about: Is there a change that needs to be made around that? And if so, then make the change and refine that. Okay, until you rise, 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 rise. Okay, mm. so hopefully <clears throat> that gives you a bit of insight into that. But yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, a first time share that one, and I've, I don't think I've ever talked to you about that either. Mm. I'm just, I'm just taking it and listening. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. So, shall we read the Quran? Let's do it. Okay. So the Quran reads, okay, so life is a zero-sum game. We are born naked and bring nothing with us. Zero. When we die, we take nothing with us. Zero. If we start with zero and end with zero, life is simply a zero-sum game. So this begs a question. What is the point of stressing about money and possessions in between? Work peacefully, earn peacefully, spend peacefully share peacefully because in the end it's a zero sum game hmm. that's that's deep that's deep seafood lacloy you know and uh i think we've gone in quite deep today um so we're going to be signing off now and let you guys contemplate think feel uh with about the things you said and thank you for sharing everything you have lacks and everyone this is from The Art of Thinking Without Thinking, which again is available for marshallmindpower.com or simply just go to Amazon and get it from there. And uh, well, yeah, I'm going into zone mode and thinking stuff. So <laughs> I can tell actually, I can tell actually you're kind of like eager to get away to kind of like process what's going on because it's almost like this has been, this has churned up a bunch of stuff for you. So uh, yeah, it'd be interested to see what comes up. What comes up. But, you know, for, for the, for the listeners and viewers, um, you know, the more you put into yourself, the more you're going to get out. Uh, so spend time with yourself, sit with yourself, uh, meditate on your own, meditate, um, uh, in a high state of consciousness, right. Uh, in God's love, light and wisdom. Um, and however you, you see that, right. Um, and if you don't believe in God, 
believe in, you know, whatever you believe in, but you know, whatever's guiding you, you feel it for yourself, right? You experience it for yourself. Let, let that come to you the way you feel uh, is right for it to connect with you because there is no prescription here. All we're saying is look inwards and you'll be amazed that you might see everything. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. And on that note, thank you very much, Sifilakdoi. And uh, we shall chat to you all next time. So thank you. And until next time. If you took some value out of this podcast, then please like and subscribe to our channel. If you feel this podcast will help a loved one, then please kindly spread this wisdom by sharing this podcast link with them. For more information and learning materials on how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization inspired by martial arts and philosophy, please go to www.martialmindpower.com. See you in the next podcast.